0: Welcome to the Dutch Angle Chronicles podcast, a podcast about all things film from a different perspective. I'm your host, Samantha De La Heron, and today I'll be talking about what happens when film critics are wrong. Who are film critics? Are their opinions the absolute truth? And much more. Let's get right into it. First and foremost, let's just talk about film critics and their jobs. I mean, everyone, and I mean everyone, has an opinion. So obviously, everyone has their own opinion, and while one person can claim that another person's opinion is wrong, another may claim that it's right. So when I say that film critics are wrong, I mean a majority of audiences had a differing opinion than that of the critics' opinion. So a movie critic um, could say something that they think is completely correct, and it's kind of like the uh Critic Anton Ego from Ratatouille. (laughs) It's a weird reference, but uh, I watched this last night, so that's why it's on my brain. But how he thought his words were absolute and not everyone agreed with him, so just think of it that way. Movie critic Pauline Kael, I think that's how you say her name said that in the arts, the critic is the only independent source of information. The rest is advertising. And I thought this was worth mentioning to me because it shows the movie critic's role from their perspective and not from everyone else's like, hey, you're being too mean or you're being too critical kind of like perspective. So I thought that was pretty interesting. So moving on, (laughs) what do film critics do? Well, Film critics are also known as movie critics, film reviewers, judges of films, film evaluators, and a ton of other names, but those are just a few. And according to the National Careers Service, film critics analyze films and produce reviews and articles for newspapers, magazines, radio, TV, social media channels, and websites. And obviously, I'm including podcasts in here too, because there are whole podcasts dedicated to reviewing movies. Here's a little tidbit from a practicaladultinsights.com article, and this is by Dan Calivari, and he said, A critic must be knowledgeable about many, if not all, of the aspects of film and film production. Some critics have college degrees in film studies that give them the expertise to analyze the filmmaking process and the common aspects of a film's plot and character development. Other critics may have training in literature, which can lend itself to analyzing some of the similar themes and styles present in film. So, film criticism as a job, like nowadays in 2022 and beyond, is pretty unique. So, 50 years ago, you would need an extensive knowledge to be taken any way seriously and to make any money at this type of career. But, In 2022 and the age of the internet, anyone can share their opinion anytime about anything from anywhere that they want. So you can create your own blog, website, platform, videos, whatever you want, and get your opinion out there and even make money at it. Another tidbit from that um, article is keeping a clear head while watching a film and maintaining objectivity, especially when the film critic must write a review of a movie that features a writer or a director or an actor he or she does not particularly enjoy, can sometimes be quite difficult or impossible. So, when I think of that little tidbit, I think of when I'm watching a movie with, let's say, Tom Cruise. So, I don't have anything about Tom Cruise, like, against him, but just every movie that he's in is kind of the same, and so I feel like every movie he makes is, like, Mission Impossible, and just like how they just came out with the second Top Gun. I didn't want to go watch it because it's kind of like, eh, Tom Cruise again, Mission Impossible, this time with planes, so I was just kind of not into it so keeping an objectivity like if I went to go watch it I would have to look at it without being swayed by my sort of distaste for Tom Cruise and his acting so uh thinking of that it's like film critics do have kind of a hard job <laughs> So keeping all of this in mind, we know that they put a lot of effort into their reviews and criticisms, and they must score the movie how they see fit. So there's lots of different websites for movie ratings. You could look at Rotten Tomatoes, which is something that I always look at. Metacritic, there's Fandango, and IMDb. These are all very famous. And I thought I would mention some very famous movie critics as well. So, André Bazin, the French man, (laughs) he was famous in the 1940s. Then we have Judith Crist, one of the first female film critics with widespread recognition. And then the most famous of all time, Roger Ebert, reviewed films for almost 50 years. And Pauline Kael, which is the one I quoted earlier, um, in 1968, worked for The New Yorker reviewing obscure films, and then she got her recognition that way. So now, what we've all been waiting for. What if the film critics are wrong? Film critics can be seen as wrong or right by anyone, and here are just some of the films that critics hated but audiences loved. So I picked two from this big list. Um. So the first one was Batman vs Superman Dawn of Justice, which came out in 2016. Um, And on Rotten Tomatoes, it had a score of 29% from the critics, but a shocking 63% from the audience. So this is like a 34% difference um, in rating. So here is something one of these critics said, and I quote, This was a violent, miserable experience that only got worse the further it went. That was from Alan Almacher, again a critic. Here's another one. Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice wants so badly to be an operatic modern mythological tale, but it mistakes great length for epic stature. That was from Brent McKnight, who is a critic. And here's one from an audience member who said, cinematography and editing were good, The CGI effects were not overly done or poorly executed, and that was all this movie needed to be as entertaining and exciting as it was. That was from Tony (laughs) Assenkoma, and he's, again, an audience member. So I got these off of Rotten Tomatoes because anyone can kind of go on there and comment and critique it. And uh, I remember this movie when it came out, and I didn't really uh, have anything against it. I thought it was okay. Uh, I haven't rewatched it since the first time I watched it, so I can't really say anything but this next movie I watched just because of this podcast episode, so I'll have some things to say so Harlem Nights, which came out in nineteen eighty nine uh stars Eddie Murphy and tons of other famous people um on Rotten Tomatoes, it has twenty three percent from critics but a huge 180 we got 80% from audience members thought it was good so that's a pretty big difference there and here are some reviews so here's a quote harlem nights is worth remembering is a comedy though as the body count piles up and entire reels of film go by without a joke in sight it's also easy to forget and that was from dave care which is a critic and then here's another one. The story spread thin over two hours, owed something to better films, but is entirely devoid of charm, wit, acting skill, or excitement. And that was from the Film four staff, and that's a critic's opinion. So I rewatched, or watched, I guess, this movie, because I watched it for the first time. Um, just because I was looking this up and thought it was pretty interesting, I wanted to see for myself, so I had something to say if I disagreed with them. And I would say I would disagree with the critics on this. I don't think it's worth a 23% on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know if I would go as high as 80, but maybe like a 75, because I thought it was pretty funny, and they say that the jokes are far and few between, but I don't think that's true. Um the storyline is actually uh pretty <laughs> pretty strung together. Uh and it's not all too crazy. I mean, it's uh it's a movie made in the 80s, but it's set in like the 20s or 30s like gangster uh times. And so I thought it was really interesting how um yeah, like some scenes they threw in there which didn't really make too much sense plot wise but it just kind of showed like (laughs) these characters and who they were as people um and their values and things like that like the scene where um Annie Murphy's character is fighting um the lady that is in charge of all the prostitutes um he treats her as an equal and not like as a woman and especially back in the time which just was set that wouldn't have been a thing and so I thought that was pretty cool um and then I liked the story I liked the ending how they got out of uh, Harlem and all that so yeah I disagree with the critics and I thought this was a good movie I would recommend it um but You know, you need to have, like, a sense of humor that would closely relate to Eddie Murphy's kind of comedy, so um, just keep that in mind. But nothing really happens, I guess, when film critics are wrong, it's just that we have a disagreement and a difference of an opinion, and so there's not, like, consequences to it. I mean, you could lose credibility or, like, not get as many views, or if you want to say something bad about something that everybody loved then you might get a whole bunch of, like, traffic to your website or clicks on your article or shares or whatnot and then have people, like, kind of follow you because you have that difference of opinion. So, you can make money both ways. And some people love it when people are wrong. So, we can see that, especially with the age of the internet. But I guess there's nothing, like, horrible (laughs) that happens when film critics are wrong, but... Now you know. So, film critics can have any opinion in the world and anyone can be a critic if they wanted to be, but there are some criteria serious critics have to meet. They have to go to school and learn everything there is to know about film production from acting to cinematography. Film critics can be wrong and audiences can disagree with them from time to time, but there aren't really any consequences besides people having a differing opinion. So that brings us to the end of this episode. I hope you have enjoyed learning about what happens when critics are wrong and that it was beneficial to you. As always, thanks for listening to the Dutch Angle Chronicles podcast. And if you want to support the show, I've set up a buy me a coffee for the Dutch Angle, and you can do so by clicking the support show link in the show notes. And be sure to come back for the next episode on how props are made. Until then, this is Samantha De La Heron, and don't forget, always look at film from a different perspective. Bye!